We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What is up, everybody? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Pack a Day podcast, the only Packers podcast available 365 days a year and 366 days a year on Leap Year. I know I've made that joke before, and I'm going to keep making that joke as long as I am left alone to do the intro of the show. Uh, today, I'm flying solo. My name is Maggie Loney, um, and I'm just doing a quick Packers 49ers episode before the game kicks off in approximately, I don't know, like seven hours, maybe six hours when we get this thing posted. There is a very good chance that you will hear my cat at some point during this episode, so for that I apologize if you're more of a dog person. Uh, She does have a Packers jersey that I can begrudgingly get her to wear like once a season, so she is a diehard fan, Uh, but I can't guarantee that she's not going to start meowing into my microphone at some point. Uh, so if if she does, you know, just roll with it. She's my co-host for today, and we are going to break down Packers 49ers. So one of the things I'm really interested uh, in today is kind of how this defense plans to attack the Jimmy Garoppolo short game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is one of those quarterbacks, Jimmy G, that likes to dink and dunk the ball down the field. It's kind of his bread and butter for this offense, and that's not to say that he can't open things up in the passing game, but the offense is most effective when they're running the ball downhill and they're utilizing that short game. So like the 10 yard line, uh, just enough to pick up first downs and keep those chains moving. Um, Someone that I think will be 
helpful uh, for the Packers today, sorry, my cat just bulldozed into my microphone, uh, is Raven Green, who the Packers activated off injured reserve on Saturday night. Uh, It was a little bit surprising to me, uh, given that J.K. Scott was the latest uh, player to fall due to an illness in the locker room, but because they activated Raven Green, that leads me to believe that the Packers are pretty confident that J.K. Scott is going to be able to perform effectively. Otherwise, I think they would have utilized that 53rd roster spot um, to sign an emergency punter. And I know that it's kind of maybe a lot to ask or expect Raven Green to come in and make an immediate impact on this team after being out uh, since the very beginning of the season, but he has been practicing for a couple weeks now, and he did play a significant role next to Blake Martinez uh, in that kind of hybrid inside linebacker position, um, stopping the run early on in the season. I think he was a major part of the Packers' defense being so effective against the run in that early quarter of the season before he went down. Ibrahim uh, Campbell, when he came back uh, from the pup list, He kind of filled a similar role. He has the ability to do so, but against this 49ers team that has explosive running backs, uh, quick wide receivers, and a very dominant tight end in George Kittle, big-bodied, stretch the field, Um, I think a hybrid safety uh, in that second spot next to Blake Martinez, um, who also is a big-bodied guy that can play physical right off the line, is going to be something that this Packers defense will look for. It also wouldn't shock me to see Raven Green make an immediate impact on special teams. He was one of the best special teamers uh, before he got injured. And if you remember all the way back to the 2018 season, he also um, had that trick play against the Dolphins uh, where he took a fake punt for a first down. Um, So not only is he a good gunner, but, you know, it's the NFC Championship game. If the Packers want to get tricky on special teams and try to make some magic happen uh, on fourth down, Raven Green you know, in in all likelihood, could be one of those guys that they would turn to in that situation. He's done it before. Um, It wouldn't shock me if the ball is in his hands in some type of trick play um, if the Packers are down. But, of course, I don't want to think about trick plays in the NFC Championship game on special teams because, well, the memories are still too vivid uh, from 2014. Uh, Flipping to the offensive side of the ball, I do think that some of those key players that are going to need to step up are the guys like Geronimo Allison, Marquez, Al Mazard. Devontae Adams, despite breaking the franchise record uh, for receiving yards in a playoff game with 160, surpassing Jermichael Finley, it's kind of hard to expect him to repeat that performance, especially against the number one ranked passing defense. I don't expect Richard Sherman to shadow him at all. I think that Devontae will get his opportunities, probably, honestly, especially in the slot. But if they do double-team Devontae Adams, while he will have his chances, because we know that Devontae Adams can beat double teams, this is really going to be a big game for some of those younger wide receivers to step up and put the ball in their hands in key situations. We saw Geronimo Allison do it last week against Seattle, uh, catching a key third down completion, and Aaron Rodgers even gave him a little bit of love after that one, acknowledging that it wasn't the best thrown ball, but Geronimo Allison stepped up to make that catch. So that's something we'll want to see against the 49ers again, um, because it wasn't really happening in the first matchup. It would be phenomenal to see Marquez Um, break a deep ball early. He had some success doing that in the beginning of the season, and then he kind of fell off the radar. Um, So it'd be nice to get some of these young guys some playoff experience and some confidence in the playoffs, Um, because as Matt LaFleur always says, everyone's got to do their 111th, and expecting the Packers to go into Santa Clara with Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Adams, 
and do their 311th and somehow beat this 49ers defense to me is not necessarily the way that you want a game plan. I also think Jamal Williams can have a really big day in the passing game, especially. Um, I like the middle of the field for him. I think that the way you beat this front seven of San Francisco is to utilize the quick game. It's, it's what the 49ers do. They utilize their quick game. I'd like to see the Packers do something similar uh, with that dominant edge rush, D Ford, Nick Bosa, get the ball out quickly, keep Aaron Rodgers protected, especially over that middle of the field. Um, Some of those opportunities were there in the first matchup, and the players just weren't on the same page. Uh, Those completions didn't, or that connection wasn't made. Um, So that quick game over the middle of the field, Jamal Williams has been doing that all season. Aaron Jones will be another weapon in the passing game. Um, But this is also a big opportunity for the tight ends. We saw Jimmy Graham leaps and bounds, you know, the improvement in that Seattle game. He really stepped up when Aaron Rodgers needed him to. Three completions, all three for first downs, and the game sealer. Um, So these are all guys, Mercedes Lewis. um, And honestly, I don't want to call my shot prematurely, but it wouldn't shock me if Jay Sternberger gets into the end zone today. His first career touchdown would be a playoff game. That would be pretty significant. But I, I expect a lot from the tight ends today, whether they're utilized as additional blockers or as third down weapons. Someone else that really intrigues me on this offense is Swervin Irvin, Tyler Irvin. I wanted to touch on him again uh, when I discussed special teams, but I really do think uh, we've seen flashes of what he can do in this offense, whether it's the jet sweeps, uh, just handing him the ball. He was wide open on a play against Seattle, and Aaron Rodgers just didn't see him uh, through the ball elsewhere. Um, He's got some burners. He's got some speed. um, He's got that quickness and agility that I think will be really useful against this 49ers team. Uh, So I would would expect him to get his fair share of touches. I think that the offense is going to look a lot different than it did in Week 12. A lot of these different players are going to be stepping up uh, in different roles. So I could see him making an immediate impact Um, Just in the quick game for this offense, like I mentioned, I think the quick game is going to be huge um, as far as moving the ball down the field and burning out that clock because we all know that this this team takes it down to the fourth quarter, and if the ball is in their hands in the fourth quarter, I think that they'll have a really good shot. But, you know, the Packers can't win this game if the offense doesn't get a chance to possess the ball. So sustaining drives is going to be key, and I think Tyler Irvin will be one of those guys that can really help them get the job done today. Something else that's incredibly significant uh, going into this game is the fact that right tackle Brian Balaga is expected to start. He's overcome that illness that kept him out of the Seattle game, Uh, so that's huge considering most of the first matchup in Week 12 uh, was Nick Bosa against Alex Light. And it's not a knock against Alex Light, but it does make a huge difference when your starting right tackle is on the field. And knowing that the Packers now have an insurance policy in Jared Valdir, uh, who can come in and play swing tackle if something were to happen to either of the tackles, he's kind of that added insurance policy. And he played really well against Seattle. Didn't I think get even enough credit for how how amazing he filled in in a pinch after being notified maybe two hours before kickoff that he'd be uh, he might be starting and then being told like 30 minutes before the game actually started that he was gonna be uh, starting at right tackle. So that'll be another key thing is how this offensive line uh, comes together um, to have all of the the key pieces along the line to protect against that dominant 49ers front seven.
Something that was a common theme in the locker room uh, this past week was also knowing that this team can't beat themselves. Uh, so the Packers are going into an incredibly hostile environment, playing 60 minutes of football for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Um, when they asked guys like Adrian Amos what they thought about that, he said, well, we beat ourselves pretty early in Santa Clara the first time. Uh, we turned the ball over on offense. The 49ers started with the ball at the one-yard line. Uh, there was that ticky-tack penalty on Devontae Adams that gave that cost them a first down and killed the drive. Uh, so a lot of that stuff you would fully expect does not happen the second time these teams meet up. Um, those were all kind of just weird fluke things that happened that normally don't necessarily happen right away in a football game. So the immediate loss of momentum that the Packers could never fully recover from. Um, and Alan Lazard said, too, you know, you're not going into Santa Clara down on the scoreboard already. Uh, they're not spotting San Fran 40 or 20 points going into this game. Mike Patton said the same thing. Uh, so as much as you want to look at the Week 12 game and consider that it was a blowout, it's a level playing field now. Everyone goes in 0-0, and it's about how you get off to that start, um, taking the crowd out of it, sustaining drives, and killing any of that momentum that the 49ers might be trying to come in with. It's pretty hard to say that a team needs any type of motivation going into an NFC Championship game, knowing that a Super Bowl is on the line. Uh, but you can really feel it in the locker room, in the press conferences, um, at the podium the entire week. You know, the players are ready. They understand that this opportunity doesn't come around very often, especially to have a first-year head coach uh, take his team all the way to the NFC Championship game. You know, These opportunities are rare. And for guys like Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis that have yet to get to the elusive Super Bowl, you can fully expect that everyone's going to lay it on the line today. It was interesting because some of the players at their lockers throughout the week were asked, you know, do you feel any pressure to try and get Aaron Rodgers to a second Super Bowl? Guys like Tremont Williams, do you want to get them their second ring? Do you take ownership of that? And those same guys, you know, the attitude was, as much as we do want to help them get a second ring, we're also trying to get our first ring. Uh, so it's a team game. It's a team effort. Um, and the atmosphere, the environment of, you know, the stadium has kind of been the same all week. Uh, players in the locker room know what's in front of them. Uh, they know that they have 60 minutes of football to play before they get to a Super Bowl. Um, so so everyone's ready to go. And it's it's been a fun week in Green Bay. I'm going to wrap this up here with a little bit of advice. Feel free to take it or leave it. I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. <laughs> but Packers fans, I would just strongly encourage you to enjoy every second of the NFC Championship game today. I know that as fans, we've watched some heartbreaks, um, but anytime your team is this close to a Super Bowl, anytime your team is still alive in the playoffs, especially after missing the playoffs for two seasons with a first-year head coach going 13-3, and three, I feel like I speak for the vast majority of fans when I say that I think that this season has already kind of exceeded expectations. So I know now the expectation is to go to the Super Bowl and win it. I fully get that as a fan. Um, but I think that we have to realize how special this season really has been in Green Bay and for the Packers and for us as fans. You know, 13-3 and three, um, after winning only 13 games the last two seasons, this is special. This means a lot to the guys in the locker room, and they know that this isn't something that comes around all the time. Uh, so fans, I really encourage you to enjoy the game today. I also encourage you to drink some water. 
uh, in between whatever uh, celebratory drink you are drinking throughout the game. Maybe pop a couple Advils, you know, just prevent any of those headaches. <laughs> but please enjoy this game. I think it's going to be a great one. I really think it's going to be close. And I really hope that this time tomorrow when you're listening to the next episode of Pack-A-Day, we can be breaking down what the Packers need to do to be successful in Miami. Uh, So once again, my name is Maggie Loney. Enjoy the game today. Packers are in the NFC Championship game. It's fun to say that. As always, go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness 
deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health care provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health care regimen, including EE system.